I got something to talk about. This world is messed up and crazy. How I'm supposed to know? How I'm supposed to show? Afraid you see me, then afraid you let me go. Somebody paid me the way. I'm just trying to grow. Start a fire, let them see the smoke. Angel wings in the streets of gold. Loose change, gotta pay the toll. And it's a rocky road. They try to tell you to stop. They don't want you at the top of the spot. You gotta take it. You gotta, take it. You gotta make it. You gotta break it, chains. Gotta break it, chains. You gotta break them 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 chains. You gotta break them. Hi. Hi. <laughs> you fall for that every time. Because it's always quiet. And then you're like, hi. And I just laugh. I just think it's funny because we have like full blown conversations for like an hour before we start recording. And then you hit record and it's like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's new. It's for the people. Right, I'm here for, for the people. I know you are. As am I. Yeah, you really are. Mm-hmm. You're you're a... Uh, Sex consultant for the people. I think that's a great, that's a great term. Yeah, I don't think I've ever called you that before, but I no. will only call you that from now on. I kind of like it because I'm not a sex therapist. I don't want to be a sex no. therapist. They're amazing, but I, that's not my thing. Um, I really like to consult with people on, on their sexuality, just like where they're at, where they want to go, what's not working, what's working. I mean, I definitely learn a tremendous amount from sex therapists and, and sexologists that I follow on social media. But right. I, I think you have the advantage of, of well, the freedom to, I guess, just that, be more free about it. You don't have to be, we've said this before, but you don't have to be as politically correct and you don't have to be as sensitive, et cetera. Yeah. Like, I'm just a regular old mom. That just has a passion for this. <laughs> well, not a regular mom. No, I'm like a cool mom. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what are we talking about for the people? We are talking about... Free love. Free love. <laughs> Yeah, like that whole era. And like if you and if you and I would like what our what our takes on it are and if we think we'd be able to survive that and um the whole, whole idea of men can separate sex from feelings and women can't, one that's totally false. But two, I know yesterday when we were texting and I was trying to explain my side of this and you're like, Nina, you're making no sense. So we'll just hop on the podcast tomorrow and you can Let try to make go sense back to of the it. Text, what you're saying go. <laughs> Yeah, you weren't making uh, sense, but I thought that was good because then you yeah, could educate and, me on here. And that's what you said. You're like, seriously, like you're not making sense to me at all, but I think that's great because we can talk about yeah. it on the podcast. Yeah, hold on. Let me go back. Um, that's when you said... Okay, found it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just want to make sure I had that queued up. But for me, I don't know a ton about it i don't know what the principles are behind it actually here on my other screen i pulled up like the wikipedia of free love um which i mean i'll let you talk about it because it seems like you know a little more than me and then we'll fill in you know with well what is what does wikipedia say because i mean it's a it's a really it's it's a really valid source for information (laughs) um it well just the top line is free love is a social movement that accepts all forms of love the free love movement initial uh, free love movement's initial goal was to separate the state from sexual matters such as marriage birth control and adultery it claimed that such issues were the concern of the people involved and no one else wow we still deal with that i didn't know it encompassed all that yeah yeah you people don't look at um, and it's so funny because sometimes, and even my husband bought this up, sometimes it sounds like I'm against marriage and monogamy, but I'm not. I am married and I am in a monogamous marriage. However, I think it's really important to talk about the realities of monogamy and marriage because it's a social construct. This is not biological. Right. right? So 
we still face the fact that the government is absolutely currently involved in our marriage, in our, um, I mean, like if you cheat on your spouse, that, that causes issues legally during a divorce. Um, not, all, not in all states. No, no, not in all states. But the fact that it's like that you can even use like, who, how is my sex life have anything to do with the government? Yeah. You know, same True. with the whole Alabama abortion thing. Like the government is truly involved in our emotional and biological processes. And that's scary. It's scary if you think about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it falls. I, I definitely agree more on the pro-choice side. Um, to be honest, I think the the pro-life, I guess is the opposite of that. Um, mm-hmm. The pro-life side is is really extreme. And I think sometimes those definitions change for convenience sake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't always, you know, as much as I'd like to understand both sides, I don't always understand that mm-hmm. side or what the benefit is to not letting a woman make her choice with her own body. So um, I definitely lean that way when you talk about abortion and things like that. But as far as, if you just took it as an overarching theme like, like this, so I'm glad you did have me read it. Um, I, I agree with this, like, you know, what doesn't matter what part of, you know, my sexuality, my sharing my body with someone else, as long as I'm not doing something illegal in that act, you know, what, why do they get to have any say on any of it? Yeah, I mean, the government obviously is, you know, with same-sex marriages, there are states where certain sex acts are illegal, like anal sex was illegal in so many states for so long, um, Mm. which I know you probably agree with, but um, I think, did you hear me? (laughs) I did hear you. That's why I haven't said anything. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, kind of. Okay, so, um, like the government and, and it's, it's again, it always sounds like I hate religion too, but I don't hate religion. I just, I'm just telling it like it is a lot of that stems from religion. You can't tell mm-hmm. me that it, that it stems from biology or being. Well, yeah, true. And, and to me, I guess that is a good point because I do agree with, and I've said this in another uh, podcast, I do agree with there were, there are laws written based on religion and the religious views of the founding fathers of the country, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's what you're using as the basis for why they shouldn't be able to do this or that, then I, then I have to somewhat agree with that because my view is, you know, there's rules for where you live, whether you like them or not, you're agreeing to live there per, per those rules. Um, from my understanding, and like I said, I don't understand all the nuances, but from my understanding, however, those rules are being misconstrued or, or um, spun to include things that they didn't initially include for the benefit of whoever's argument. Correct. Right? And yeah. that's why I said when it's convenient, you know, the, the mm-hmm. definitions of everything change when it's convenient for this person or that person, whereas I feel like the, the pro-choice side of it is the same no matter what let me do what i want to do with my body and i think sometimes people not everyone obviously but i think people equate pro-life to pro-abortion and um pro-life i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry, pro-choice yeah a lot of times people are like you're they almost look at people who are pro-choice like you're pro-abortion well the the actual like the definition of pro-choice is simply that the government shouldn't have a say in what i do with my body I don't think anyone wishes the experience emotionally or physically of an abortion on anyone. Right. The, I'm pro-choice and, and I, I would, I, I know several people who've had an abortion and some, some are able to, to handle it better than others. Some are still distraught years later. I don't wish that, the, I don't want that to happen, but right. the, the choice comes from exactly that. I just, how can, a uh, man 
in in government decide what a woman wants to do with her body like what if i was so there was a meme the other day that was really accurate i think but it was like something like what if we told men that jerking off was illegal because you're technically whoa, 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 what a baby well, was I know. somewhere yes the law in uh michigan <laughs> hold on no. is it illegal if someone else does it for you or only when you yourself her <laughs> no, no you're know. good you're good don't worry you're good um <laughs> no it was like it was true it was like well i mean if you masturbate and you jerk off and you come in a towel well there's potential babies in there so we should just make that illegal then and so someone they put a, like a posted a meme about that and it just made me think um how asinine men would feel if a bunch of women decided what you guys should do or not do with your body. Right. You know, but honestly, I really, I don't surround myself um, with a lot of, um, maybe I should say this. I don't think I attract a lot of super, super conservative thinkers just because mm -hmm. of well, my personality and, and what I do. Um, but, and I believe everybody has, has their right to opinion. I'm not going to argue with anyone on social media or even in real life. I'm not looking to change anybody's opinion. I just, I just have my own. That's all. I don't think you're a bad person if you're pro-life. You know, I get it. I just think that the, um, the choice should probably be mine. <laughs> and, can, and can we agree? Because I'm not sure. A lot of the pro-life, almost always, always the pro-life is coming from religious oh, yeah. foundation, right? Most of them, yeah. Are there some that are like so focused on on the scientific part? Like, when does, like, when is there a heartbeat? Like, there's a huge billboard up downtown where I live right now that literally has you know those like abortion shaming billboards that have like a baby or like a fetus, and it says something like, "Once the heart, you know, once there's a heartbeat, it's a human or something." And like, it's really hard to keep. Like, I I've, I've never had an abortion. So I don't know what billboards like that would trigger, but I can be compassionate and be like, oh my gosh, like the women that have had abortions that have to drive by that all the time is like, it's like torture. I, I just, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's an emotionally heated topic, you know? Yeah. I, I never even thought about that all. So someone who has had an abortion having to see this argument be played out so public in, yeah. in politics and things like that. I've never had that discussion. I've always been of the thought process that all those people are arguing this side with no personal attachment to it. And right. And so I, I that's probably a good thing, right? If you can go through your life and not have to be associated with abortion at all, that's, I mean, I don't want to make anyone sound bad or anything like that, but I think that's a win, right? That's you'd well, rather. It's, it's, it's emotional. Rather it's an emotional, you know, process that, right. that probably is not like welcomed by most people. That it's sure. got to be really hard. Sure. So then, with that said, all the people who are arguing pro-life most times probably have no attachment to it. And I'm not going to say everyone because there probably are some people who have gone through it and maybe that's why they do. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say so. sometimes it's the opposite, whereas they have an abortion and they had such a traumatic experience that they feel so strongly about no one ever experiencing what they went through. And so they, right. you know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm talking about those that have had no experience with it and you know, the argument that always comes up is, you know, if someone in their family was raped and, was pregnant from that what would their thoughts be if that was a situation i can't say that every single person in that situation would change their view and want to be um you know pro-choice but i i feel or i feel like a good amount of them would and that's just my opinion mm -hmm. um which then makes the conversation totally different right so you say you're not going to argue with anyone because you don't want to uh change their mind I'm, I'm always going to argue with someone <laughs> uh -huh. because I want to hear what they have to say. And I want to, and a lot of times I want to see if they one know what they're talking about Two, if they're able to, to discuss it and three, maybe they're able to change my mind. Right. Maybe mm -hmm. I I have the wrong view on it. So a lot right. of times I am going to have the argument. Um, 
but having an argument with someone who has no personal experience with something is, you know, a little bit pointless to me. Um, and, and I understand not everything that you do, you have some experience with. And I also understand because I've had this conversation several times. So, um, I'm not kind of, I'm not making this up on the fly, but some people consider their experience, um, being a part of that religion. So in that they participate and understand the values of that religion, that's their experience to know that abortion is wrong because their religion says so. Mm-hmm. With that said, the other problem is, though, if it's not passed as a law, which is why I said um, in those times I agree with it. If it's passed as a law, um, you know, that's the rules of where you're at, right? But if it's not passed as a law, I see it as, you know, as, uh, I can't think of the right word, prejudice, as like you know hating someone from a different race i'm mean, sorry from a different religion because you're basically saying my religion says this and i'm going to put a billboard billboard up supporting my religion i'm sorry supporting this view from my religion would you put that up about what what religion is that is a hindu where they worship a cow Oh, maybe. Yeah. I think so. I, I'm, I don't I'm know. not as versed on religion. No, I'm the last person that knows right. anything about religion. And that's, that's another <laughs> podcast I need to do. But I think it is Hindu where they worship a cow. I think that's just as, that's, that's just as pointless to me as putting up a billboard that says that they shouldn't worship a cow. Mm-hmm. Be, why? Because my religion doesn't worship a cow. Right. It really, it really is. It's a, it's, it's an opinion is really what it is. And regardless Unless it's of a law, how, except for the places it is a law. Right. But like, how did it even get there? Like, how did it even get to a point where people can make laws about what you do with your body? I think that's the larger uh, issue. Like, that's what's well, and, and I agree. And this is the politics conversation I do love to have because I don't get into politics and we're Me only either. getting into it because of this conversation, but I never get into politics, but there has to be something governing an area and a group of people, right? And sure. you know, democracy is what we've chosen. Democracy is working in those areas where it's being voted on. Um, you know, it's it, pe- people voting on it or representatives that the people voted on is, are voting on it. So to me, it's if you don't like the rules and laws of the place you're in, then don't live in the place you're in. So I'm not, arguing law in this in this part of this conversation as much as i am arguing the places where it's not illegal and people still abortion shame mm-hmm. but i guess you don't have to abortion shame in the places of the law because everyone knows you're not supposed to be doing it there yeah but people are still going to there in places that are uh, I mean, look at Alabama. People are like up in arms in Alabama. So I mean, is it illegal? You, in Alabama, they just passed that. Whatever. They just like passed that. that was illegal. No, no, that yes. Hold on, I have to look it up. Yeah, sorry. Like I said, I I hardly ever watch the news, which is counterproductive to doing a podcast. I think I should maybe not tell people that, but um. Okay. Um. Texas, no. An abortion, red herring, blah, blah, in Alabama. Uh, for, uh, Alabama is one of the only two states that don't bar rapists from having custody of children conceived by their assaults. Oh, that's great. Alabama has become the latest U.S. state to move to restrict abortions by passing a bill to outlaw the procedure in almost... Uh, Okay, so Alabama has become the latest U.S. state to move to restrict abortions by passing a bill to outlaw the procedure in almost all cases. The law includes a ban on abortion in cases of rape or incest. So abortion is outlaw in Alabama. Yep. Even if the pregnancy is from rape or incest. Well, yeah, I mean, the law is what I feel like. It's a law. 
I'm not saying the law is right, but I'm saying it's a law. So what's the controversy right now, then? The controversy is, how is there a law on what I choose to do with my body? And if I get raped and I'm 13 and I'm pregnant, I have to go through with that pregnancy because I'm not yeah. allowed to terminate it. Right, yeah, no. Or if, uh, my, or if my biological father impregnates me, I have yeah. to go through that pregnancy and have that child. Yeah, I mean, uh, once again, not agreeing with the law. I'm just saying I'm not going to argue in this conversation a law. So, yeah, I mean, it, that's all tough. And, you know, we got so far away from free love there. But <laughs> well, um, well, I mean, the, the whole idea of free love is that what you do with your body and with other people's bodies that are consensual is none of the government's business. So sure. it's, all, it's all, you know. So I guess that's an important conversation is how you go from free love and what that was exactly all the way to where we're at now, where the government feels like it is their right to to decide. I don't know how that happened. So you said your mother talked about free love and just talked about the time a little bit, right? Yeah, my mom was um, was an, an actual hippie. Uh, um, and uh, she... You know, I can't speak, you know, about her personal life, but um, it was very drug centered um, and sex. Would your your mom get on a podcast to discuss that? It's very possible. My mom's pretty freaking awesome. Well, I mean, just to discuss the facts, it's not, you know, saying right or wrong or indifferent. It's just to understand what that time was. Yeah. And and what parts of that still remain today, like stereotypes for guys, I think is something that that stereotype being celebrated for guys is still, I think, a part of that. Yeah. But I mean, it, women would sleep around too. It was, it was okay. Then, then, then yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, they do now and they should be able well, to now, but you know, yeah. clearly an issue with it apparently. But yeah, it was drugs, parties uh sex so if it was based a lot on drugs then the argument could definitely be made that that doesn't it wasn't a good decision it was decisions based on mind-altering substances well i'm not saying that every time somebody had sex they were high on something but i think when you're sober and you make the decision to take a drug and and you know that it's going to lead to sex because that's what that's what you want (laughs) you know i mean i I feel like it wasn't um i don't know if consent was like a huge spotlight back in the day as it is now what do you mean like they're they're really big on consent now and like what what consent actually means and after the me too movement Um, you know, like dressing a certain way obviously isn't consent. You can say yes to a guy. Yes, let's have sex. And in the middle of it, be like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I made a mistake. Um, I just read there's a state where you can't do that. It was something like, I got to look this up. It was something like, um, you, if, if you consent to sex and then change your mind in the middle, it doesn't hold up in court as rape. I forget what state it was. And I, I think each situation can be looked at as different, but it, it's, I mean, there's a, such a slippery slope there too, though. You have to understand that. I know you understand that. Uh, because, because the law has to be fair, right? And if someone started having sex, how do you know when when they actually wanted to stop or if in that moment they knit, they did want them to stop because the problem is, and once again, I'm going by rules and, and having, I want you to also understand I'm discussing these topics just like I discuss every other one, right? Someone takes one stance and I'm going to argue the other stance regardless of what I think, right? Mm-hmm. Because like I said, in the last conversation, I'm definitely pro choice, but I'm going to argue the the other side and, and what, what does make sense out of the arguments, right? So mm-hmm. in this, I'm for no rape. 
Well, that's I'm anti, good. I'm anti-rape. That's good. So, I'm, I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you were raised like that. That's a good thing. Well, no, I'm just making that clear for everyone. <laughs> I wouldn't but, be talking to you. if you Well, were and and with that said, I'm not completely against someone taking advantage of me. So let's. <laughs> you don't want. You don't want to get no, anybody. You no don't matter what I involved. say. Well, no matter what I say, do what you've got to do. <laughs> we shouldn't joke about no, that. Okay. But I'm, All I'm right. So I, so. So on on the air, no means yes if you're with Alex. So uh, if, you won't if, hear no, but if you if, hear if no, it's, it's, it's probably just the start of another word <laughs> that I couldn't finish because you're doing a good job. No one is better than you. <laughs> exactly. And I just didn't finish. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Do we do a disclaimer there? <laughs> that... Alex, Alex is anti-rape unless right. yeah, someone yeah. tries to take advantage of him. And yeah. then even if he says no, he really just means no, yes. buddy, doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyways, um, so the problem there is, as they say about, any, about the justice system, right? That you're innocent until proven guilty, mm-hmm. right? And in a he said, she said, she said. He said, she said, yeah. how can you prove exactly what happened with no evidence? Yeah, so that's tough. I know you have to be sensitive to the victim, quote unquote victim in those instances. And I only say that because I know for a fact um, situations where that wasn't the case. What, what was accused wasn't the case. Um, I know also know situations where it was proven not to be the case when it actually was the case. So I'm sensitive to both sides of that, but without evidence, how are you, how are you sure of that? Well, that's hard with any, with rape in general, regardless of consent and law is how do you prove, how do you prove that? Um, It's hard. And I think that's why a lot of rape victims don't even, they don't even come forward. They don't want to, first of all, they don't want to deal with the financial issues of, of the legal fees. They don't want to deal with the social stigma, regardless of how the case turns out. They don't want to have to rehash um, for people to judge. Like if, mm-hmm. if someone, you know, is, oh yeah, were you drinking? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, or have you ever flirted with him before? Have you ever had sex with him before? You know, it's like, oh my God, like, this is like, you're on public display. Like it's, it's in more. Well, you're on trial. It, most times right. that's what it feels like is that right. the victim is on trial, especially in those cases, yeah. because there is no evidence mm-hmm. and you have to go all, all they can go off of it. That is the evidence is that, have you guys hung out before? Have you guys had sex before? Mm-hmm. That, that's all evidence relevant to this because on the flip side, you, you have a son. I do. You, yeah, so if your son was accused of rape, right, you would want all these questions asked and yeah. considered and analyzed, and or your husband wrongfully accused of rape, you all these things. So yeah, yeah, I would have a lot more questions if it were my husband for sure. <laughs> I'm assuming like he wasn't even there, and someone's accusing him of rape. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Um, but yeah, you would want it thoroughly understood. Yeah. For for a lot of different reasons. So I, I don't know which way to go with that. And and it's funny because as we're having these two conversations, it's almost reason for the government to get into sexual matters when you start to think about it. To like avoid to things, draw the line. Right. You know, to avoid things from happening. Deter mm-hmm. thing you know, people from allowing things to happen. Yeah, it's it's so tough is so tough all the uh, you know like i understand laws on alcohol i understand the laws on you know drugs within a certain amount of feet of a school property like those all make total sense to most most humans but when it comes to my personal sexual decisions that's really hard for me to wrap my head around and and I think that there's there was this whole um, like I said consent is really big. There's like a lot of hashtags on consent right now. But um, it's I'm trying to think of a time where, which it, it it hasn't happened for me because I've told you this. I am a really good girl and I've always been like a serial monogamous. But 
Um, I can imagine that there are definitely times where you're having sex with someone and you have a moment of clarity where you're like, what the hell am I doing? I have to stop. Mm -hmm. And so many people are afraid to say like, you know, stop. Yeah. Because it's already happened. And this is what I, when I opened up to in the last podcast, I think it was the last one when I said that the guy, um, yeah, yeah. Had, had done something and was like, well, I've already pretty much done it. So I should just keep doing it. And I remember being like, well, you're right. Like I'm already broken, you know, like I'm already, right. tainted. You, I guess. Yeah. I can do it. I don't, you know, it's a horrible feeling. So, um, it's almost like because of all the stigma, that's where all this confusion, people like start dealing with like moral conflict when it's free love. I know it was more a governmental topic, but in reality, like the behavior of so many people, I feel like these weren't issues. I'm not saying nobody got raped or anything. I'm right. just saying that it was, it was, um, you know, people could sleep with who they wanted to and it wasn't. Yeah. No, I, um, Yes. In, in, in all those conversations, you have sub conversations as well, right? Because all rape is not the same, right? You have rape that is by criminals, right? People who repeatedly commit crimes and or rapes and rape someone. And then you have rape by, you know, someone who hasn't ever done that before. Right. And so are those two looked at the same? And, and you have to have laws that cover both of those situations. So it may be more harsh on one person than it is another. Um, and, and or vice versa, it may um, allow more leeway to someone who probably deserves more punishment because you have overarching laws and all this. Same thing goes for free love, though, because I think at that time, you even said it before we got on here. People weren't worried about STDs. They weren't worried about the drugs they were taking. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of things they weren't worried about whether those things were around or not. We know right. about them now. Right. And so um, with those dangers, I mean, you, in a way, is it, is it the government protecting people from themselves? I think that as they, that as be. they, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I didn't mean to interrupt you <laughs> um, <laughs> as they incorporate things that discourage <laughs> that mindset. Well, I think that is more maybe of an after effect. I feel like a lot of times government usually has like, maybe this is such a jaded view, but I feel like they have some, when it comes to this kind of sexual stuff, they have ulterior motives. Like they have, there's other reasons can, can the laws end up benefiting people? Yeah, but I feel like I'm not so sure all of their reasons are always so pure and, and for the people. <laughs> of course not. You know, if it no, it's a, aligns it, with the them. The laws, nine times out of ten, are, are to benefit the people that put make, those make people the laws. in power. <laughs> yeah, that make the laws. Or right. or whoever supports them the most. So mm -hmm. that, that doesn't go without saying. But once again, let's get into a conversation, a different conversation or a group of conversations that, that, you know, get away from what we're trying to talk about here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting for that because yes, I can see where maybe things are put in place to benefit different people, even if they're in ways that we don't know, but at the same time, those things are protecting people from STDs and, and I, I would almost argue there might've been more rape than I, I'm not, this is just a thought. Well, if you talk about having sex with someone when they're high and potentially getting them high on whatever drug to be able to have sex with them, well, that's a, you know, a crime today, but then yeah, it was like the way you did it potentially. And it was funny because growing up, whenever I thought of rape, I thought of the brutal, violent attack, you know, where your mouth sure. is being covered and you're tied up and it's this horrible, horrible thing. Right. Um, and there are so, there are so many, uh, that's, that's like an experience, like 
a type of rape experience, but, you know, I've worked with, um, unfortunately, uh, more than one <laughs> uh, person who was was raped multiple times by different people. And I remember saying to myself, how is that possible? Like, how can right. that brutal attack that, you know, happened three different times, three different people? Because I only thought of like being in the dark alley and like that kind of like sure. storybook kind of a rape situation. Yeah. Um, but her Hor- horror was, movie more like, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I say? Storybook. Right. <laughs> you, didn't you, know, fairy, not, you didn't say fairy right, tale. I didn't say so. fairy tale. So. Um, but um, acquaintance rape is huge, huge, because, and that has so much more to do with consent. I mean, rape has to do with consent entirely, but as far as acquaintance rape, it's like, you know, in this specific situation, she was 16 and she would go to parties with uh, older kids and she would drink and they they would have sex with her and she's underage and she's intoxicated and it doesn't matter what she was wearing. It doesn't matter that she was intoxicated. It doesn't matter that she didn't say no. That's that's the difference is that um, now if you are, if you, if you show that you're not in a position to even give proper consent, then, you know, then it's rape, you know, or even if you have two consenting people, but one of them is over the age of you know, with statutory rape, you know, right. one of, over the age. I mean, if you have like, I don't know what it is in Connecticut. When I grew up and it was in New York, it was like under 16 and over 18 or something like that. But if now, I mean, if you have like a senior in high school who might be 18 and has yep. sex with a freshman who might be, I was 14 for the first two months of my freshman year of high school. Right. So if I had sex with seniors, technically that would be statutory rape. Even if we were both like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So for sure. No, I think they're just kind of going on how mature was I really to be able to give consent to something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, but we were, we were supposed to talk about if like this whole separation between sex and feelings and I don't know how we got to rape and abortion, but that's like typical. Well, it's us. part of sex and it's part of what molds the way people look at sex or those type of traumas, um, mm-hmm. you know, determine their sexual activity and performance and mindset moving forward that's true that's true too yeah i think i think stds and pregnancy and stuff were definitely a deterrent for me personally you know so yeah yeah you're right but like do you i'm looking at the time i have to go in like 10 12 minutes but do you think it's possible to separate all feelings when you're having sex with someone i can't i'm not good at it at all in 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 anything in any way of it so for example i can't have sex with someone i'm not attracted to like there's a lot of guys that's just like mm-hmm. get it and i'll and i'll and, and i don't know i guess i take it take that back maybe their range of what they're attracted to is much different than mine but mm-hmm. Like if I'm not attracted to you and there's so many different things, I feel like I'm a, you know, such a picky person and what attracts me. You're not picky. Um, no, no. I, yeah, probably. I mean, not in the grand scheme. No, but. No, but I mean like people, people say picky, like it's a bad thing. Either you're attracted to certain things that you're not. I mean, if you right, heard sure. some of the things that off, you'd be like, geez, you know, like lighten up, but it's just. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it's a great point. Um, but, but, uh, I'm so I'm the wrong person to ask that. With that said, I feel like people I talk to can completely because or guys that I see or that I'm around can completely because they'll just the way they talk about it. And mind you, doing my podcast and it being based on the progression progression of men, I know that things that guys say aren't always what they think, but it's uh it's it's tough. I don't I guess my answer would be, I don't think you can completely. Mm-hmm. And now aside from attraction, like I would be the same way. Like I cannot be intimate with somebody that I'm not attracted to, you know, but the emotional part. And what I was saying to you on the phone was, it's not that 
if I were to have sex with someone, I would automatically want a relationship with them. I this think is, this is the part that I said I didn't understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go to it because I want to read it while you're okay. talking. About it. Go ahead. So it's not that I necessarily feel that I like if I was single and I had sex with someone, like I was out, we were having fun, we were attracted, and we had sex. I'm not saying that everybody I would have sex with, I would like be in love with and want a relationship with. I think that I'm capable of, and maybe it's because I'm older too, but um, to have sex with someone and not want a relationship. But what I don't think I could ever do is not have any feelings or emotional connection to that person in the moment and even after. So for example, I would be lying if I said that if I, if I was having sex with someone and he um, like was, was really attentive and amazing and a great at dirty talking and passionate and, and sensual and like all the stuff that I love, I would be lying if I said that once I was done having sex, I would never think about him again. Like there's that connection. Like I would feel connected to that person. Um, you know, because, and maybe it's because growing up, like I never even just, I think there literally may have been maybe two people in my entire life that I've ever even made out with that I truly was really not interested in. And it was because I like had like a beer and I was wasted usually after a beer. So I think that that, I remember kissing a guy in college at a party that I was not really attracted to, but I had like a beer or two mm-hmm. and, and I was like, if I never see him again, I'm fine. There was no connection. I was fine. Right. But aside from those, like an actual sexual where I'm like naked and we're, I, I don't think I could just go, Oh, that was a great lay, but like never think about it again. I don't, I would remember the things he said or how he made me feel, right. you know? So there, I mean, obviously we talked about the same thing with the free love with the drugs and stuff. I mean, I, as hearing you explain that and thinking about someone being totally inebriated or being drunk enough that they're not using their same sense to get to the sexual act. I guess I could see that for a one night stand or or someone you just hook up with randomly or whatever, or those guys I'm talking about that literally have very little attraction to the girl and are literally just want to have sex right so there's that Mm -hmm. but at the same time to me i do consider attraction emotional like at its core sense you've built Mm -hmm. a relationship with this person in your head because you're attracted to them now that sounds funny Mm -hmm. because you know you could cross them for 10 seconds and see them as attractive but i'm saying the amount of attraction that gets into amount of traction and amount of time even if it's you know, the argument we made on that one podcast that even if it's two hours to have sex in the bathroom at the place you're at, that's two hours of attraction mm-hmm. and emotion that's built up and rapport that's built up in that time. Um, so I, with that said, I'm, I'm saying even if you move on from this and don't have a second thought about it, which I think you would if you cross paths with this person again, what that being positive or negative feelings, but even if you move on from this, I think the time that you put in between there technically counts as feelings, right? Yeah. And I feel like I would absolutely... Feel free to use that in your your um, group sex talks. I will. <laughs> talks. Group sex talks, right? Group sex. Um, lots talks. of dots. <laughs> talks. Talks in very small print. <laughs> um, but I think... Think and, and and total uh, transparency because it's happened to me before. Where um, I was in undergrad, maybe maybe it was the summer between undergrad and grad. I visited a friend out in Virginia, and um, I was going to be there for like two weeks or something. And we went out on New Year's Eve and I really, I've never been a big drinker. Um, Mm -hmm. It just really wasn't my thing. Um, But I was like, okay, I'll have a drink. And I was so bored at this bar because like what, if you don't drink, like the bar is really not that much fun to hang out at. I didn't drink until I was 21, by the way. Really? 
Yep. Yeah, see, even after I was 20, like I, I've, I had, but I never really liked it. I never really, to this day, I've never been drunk ever. I've gotten really buzzed because it yeah, you've said that much, before. But I don't. That's I don't, dumb. No, I don't feel like getting nauseous and vomiting. I just don't like it. Can, um, there's a there's a spot between there. I mean, you got to practice. Yeah, but no, I. But it's like my stomach gets upset. It's like acidy. It's just like yeah. not fun. Um, for me. Like I said, like a glass of wine or two is awesome for me, but then I need to stop because then I'm like, Ugh, I start to feel nauseous and then it's like not fun. But anyway, so we went out to New Year's Eve, this, this club party thing. And I was really kind of miserable. I was super antisocial. And I was that girl at the bar that was eating the cookies because it was New Year's Eve. So they had this like, oh yeah, friends. We went out, yeah. So I was like, Are the they soft? Same girl. They were soft chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, <laughs> then or, like, I would have been right there next to you. Right? So I was like, whatever, I'll just dr- have this drink. And I had a Malibu Bay Breeze, which I still love. But I was having these cookies and seriously by myself. My friend is like uh, partying with other people. And all of a sudden I hear this guy go um, something like, he made a joke about me eating the cookies. He's like, do you usually come here to eat cookies or something like that? And I love humor. Like if you can make me laugh, your hotness just went up. And oh, so, unless it's on the podcast. What's that? <laughs> right. Then, then, then it totally has no effect on me. But if, <laughs> if I wasn't married and not a podcast. <laughs> so I was automatically like, oh, this guy's cool. Like he's not just coming over and being like nice tits, you know? So, mm. um, so the key to all you guys when we talk about (laughs) educating compliment her cookies not her her, kids tell her that you like that she's eating cookies so i started laughing and i was like oh hey you know and he wasn't my usual type um but he was cute and Mm -hmm. we started just talking he seemed super intelligent and we he was super cute and he was like um i something about it hadn't turned 12 o'clock yet and he's like well something about the cookies like do you think you can stop eating your cookies at midnight and i was like it depends why you'd want me to you know and he was very flirtatious and mm, really charming look at you coming back with some heat oh come on my jackass days are over come on i learned i learned from my mistakes so um so we kissed and I will tell, cause I told you before we started recording, I am like kissing to me is the biggest, massivest, hugest turn on ever. He was mm-hmm. an amazing kisser. And it was like, Oh my gosh. So immediately Alex, I was like, I think my head was like, I like you, which is ridiculous. I knew him for 10 minutes. Right. right. But he made me laugh. He was down to earth. He wasn't sleazy. He had really cute comebacks and he was a great kisser. So my head was like, see where this goes. I didn't even live in Virginia. Like where could it have possibly gone? Right. Right. Well, we ended up hanging out almost every day for about a week and a half. And I, in my head, I'm not going to lie. I was like, I'm totally okay for having a long distance relationship in my head. I didn't say that. Cause I know that's like yeah. scary for a lot of people. Um, so it came time where I was going to be going home. So I said, Hey, you know, call me tomorrow so we can hang out before I leave. And he never called. And meanwhile, he had been super attentive this whole time. He introduced me to his friends. I mean, like it was bizarre. Right. And, um, but in my head, I'm like, I have a two week boyfriend. Like this is my boyfriend. Like in my head, I was like, sure. it just feels like I'm dating him. And I was so hurt. I, I was hurt. I was upset. Um, and I'm not really a clingy kind of a, a woman, but um, I don't like being physical. We had been physical. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I don't, I don't like being physical uh, with someone that I'm not dating. So I think there was this feeling that like, I'm like, we're kind of, even if it's just like a temporary dating, we're kind of temporary dating. <laughs> so that's sure. how I um, So I called him and I said, I left a message and I was like, hey, uh, this is super confusing. Like we've had a great time together. I thought you were going to call me today. I'm leaving tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. So he called back and was really kind of annoyed that I even thought to leave a message like that. And, um, he just said, I don't, he's like, I did have fun with you. We had a great time. And, um, 
but I mean, it's a lot like I live in Virginia and you live in like New York. Like what, what did you think was going to happen? And, and of course I tried to play it off. I was like, not me, nothing. I didn't, yeah. I didn't I'm leaving. <laughs> I just wanted to get your sweater <laughs> yeah. back to you I just wanted to give you that a I had bothered, borrowed and figured we could do that over ice cream. <laughs> and that is it because I like ice cream. Right. And I didn't mean to send you a picture of the engagement ring that I wanted. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. Um, So I just know me. Like, I need to connect. I connect with people sexually, even if I'm not sexual with them. It's it's an energy thing. And maybe that's for another show. But, like, I could literally tell if I'm going to like someone as a human based on your sexual energy. Sure. But I also think I like good sex. And I think good sex comes with better chemistry. That's just what I think. Um, right. I've never been for yeah, just yeah, the, yeah. the raunchy F, then never talk to you again. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I, th- I think that's just ingrained in my mind. And when I, and right. going the other route of meaningless, connectionless, feelingless sex doesn't really achieve the goal that I'm looking for. Whereas I do think some people, like we said before, whether it be guys or girls. And no, I'm actually of the side that I don't believe girls can have sex the same way a guy can. Totally meaningless. Um, But, you know, I would definitely welcome the conversation, although it seems like you don't have time for it today. I don't have time for it today. And I also, I'm not one of those women, so I couldn't speak to it, but I can guarantee you that, of course, there are women that can have sex with people and be okay you know um i just i think sometimes women are told that they're supposed to have feelings if you're having sex um with someone like i had uh, a girlfriend tell me she called me she was really upset that she had met this guy on a on a boat and they had sex and it was great but then he never called her and she was really upset and i said upset about what you know you just met him you guys were drinking. You don't regret having sex. So it wasn't like a consent issue. I said, what is it? Did you want a relationship with him? She's like, no. I'm like, so she's like, but I just, he got what he wanted. And I was like, didn't you get what you wanted too? And she kind of like paused. She's like, yeah, I guess I did. I think we're just trained to feel dirty if we're not yeah. you know, monogamous. Um, so casual sex has always been a guy thing. And I think sure. that- ties are shifting a little bit and now women are becoming more comfortable going actually i enjoy having casual sex like i like connecting with someone and having sex with them but not being monogamous like i could go out the next night and connect with somebody else and have sex with them and be okay um but i don't think that's necessarily how we've always been trained to to right yeah i i like it i was just gonna ask you for a summary but that feels like what you just did too so yeah, that's all. Well, I, but that's I definitely all want I to pick that up later, um, oh, and and go deeper into that because that's part of what we were going to talk about. We didn't, but um, yeah, let's do it. And you can find yeah, maybe, me yeah, at, maybe next time we'll do. Maybe next time what? Maybe next uh, next podcast we'll talk about yeah. casual sex and that. Yeah. so you can find nina at real talk with nina on everything Mm -hmm. and yes thank you talk to you soon thank you goodbye bye